Welcome to the Vintage Talk Show. Today's episode is going to be on the education of the Mosquito Head, the t-shirt brand, the cult artist following. My co-host today is actually Instagram handle Mosquito Heads, and I'm going to kind of let him start off with what he knows about the brand. He's educating me as well as you, so we're going to get that started. So let's see, what do you know about them? What is the interest? And just kind of fill us in what you know. Okay, well, like you said, my handle kind of pays homage to Mosquito Head t-shirts. I appreciate them. I'm a fan of them. I like art a lot. So, of course, I like these local artists who are making this cool art on a shirt back in the day on, you know, in Venice Beach. I liked what they were doing there. I thought it was cool. I liked the rarity of them. I liked the look of them. I like all over prints in general. So, yeah, I was about them. So, I was like, you know, I'll make my Instagram page Mosquito Heads, like fans of Mosquito Head t-shirts. And uh, with that being said, you know, everybody kind of knows the history about Mosquito Heads and their local store in California, and they know about the Heaven Smiles that are kind of almost the, uh, I don't know if I'd call them a rival, but it's kind of like very similar situation. Artists in Northern California kind of doing similar thing. But um, am I about up to speed so far, uh, Pooch Man over there? Or? Yeah, I think that's a good a good rundown. Of the Mosquito Heads, I've noticed that many of them are about pop culture, that's right. We got the James Deans. We got the Marilyn Monroe's. Even JFK, I've seen. JFK's Elvis Presley's with the rebel flag, which is a little controversial to wear in 2018. But I've also noticed that many of the motif of the shirt is kind of maybe some type of bleach stained shirt or, or something weird. And then they screen pressed over them or screen printed. I've read online, just a quick research uh, before the podcast, some hand screening, hand printed screening. I know that my favorite one that I've seen is the uh, the uh, In Living Color one. Is it the Wanda? Wanda? Yeah, Wanda, the okay. Wanda. Uh, I've seen a Clockwork Orange one. Seen that one. That's one of my favorites. Uh, so it's not only just influential pop culture icons, it's also cult, cult classic movies. Yeah, well, stuff or, I guess the uh, artists at the time were really into and kind of didn't see on a t-shirt. So they wanted to really emphasize that in their art. And also just pay homage to that artist. And like I said, I feel like they kind of all had some kind of connection to that artist that they were putting on there. Okay. Do you know how many artists there were? Was it? I couldn't a- tell you how many. I know there were a handful, but uh, I couldn't tell you an exact number of how many. Okay. I know it wasn't a lot, but uh, I mean, you can look on YouTube sometimes. If you'll go, I don't know, have you done this? I have not. Well, you go to Mosquito Head, like maybe some guy in like, the Middle East is showing off, like, I saw this one guy from the Middle East showing off a collection of mosquito heads he has, and it was unbelievable. It was like a huge stack of these crazy rare-looking ones. And then one of the artists in the comment section left a comment and talking about, oh, man, I remember printing that one or whatever. Like, he was, like, clearly talking from experience and talking about ones that he wishes he didn't get rid of, ones that he misses and wishes he could get a hand, you know his hands on, because he's got to be more connection to them than any of us, because he was one of the ones doing them. So it's really cool to see these YouTube comments of these original artists that are kind of giving you a little insight to it, which to me is really cool because, I mean, I know the shirts, but I don't know behind the scenes as much. And it's always cool to get any kind of that you can, which there isn't a lot out there. But uh, so, yeah, you see these comments. So, you know, there's a few. There's a couple different YouTubers that are doing that, I guess. There's not a lot of those, but I know there's just a few artists. But, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much the gist of it. 
So as far as decade goes, are we looking at late 80s, early 90s? Yeah, it was around that time, late 80s, early 90s, and then kind of, I guess, came to an end. Just single-stitch era, cotton, about 100% cotton. Okay. But, uh, yeah, so that brings me to, like, we, you know, we all got our favorite mosquito heads. We all really respect them. We like them. A lot of people want to find those. That's I've never, I found some mosquito head style, never uh, one with, like, the stamp on it. A mosquito head. I know you found a heaven smiles. My boy here has found a heaven smiles. Yeah. I'm very jealous of that. I found a uh, Santana Heaven's Gate. Very, it's. I did not know what it was at the time. I just thought it was a, a wild print and everything. And I uh, wish I would have kept it now. Know what I know about this. So yeah, he sold history. it, and it was very clean. I would say it maybe it was never washed. washed. No, yeah, it never been washed. Worn. I don't think it, it was, was ever washed. I think it was a dead stock yeah. white. Found it for a with dollar. With some crazy purple pink cheetah print on the sleeve. Oh, it, it was, was so well, cool. one sleeve was like blue leopard. It was leopard. a special. Yeah, one one was a blue leopard. One sleeve was a um, pink green zebra. It was Super it was cool. wild front Super back. Cool. Um, so I knew it was up. I knew it was a rare find when I found it, but I didn't know that the Heaven Smiles was um, kind of in the same. It was like a minor league, I guess, too. No, it wasn't minor. They weren't minor league. I think they were both equally as awesome, equally equally as talented. I think they're both equally as rare. You don't see a lot of Heaven Smiles. If not, no. I see less Heaven Smiles than I do, especially with the, the huge, like, you know, fan base that's kind of gathered from Mosquito Heads. You see more of them now on Instagram. So, honestly, I see less Heaven Smiles, I would say. So, they're super rare. Yeah, I think I they're pretty more. awesome. I do not think they're minor league. I think they're... Talent was almost, and I and people are going to get offended by this. I think it was better in ways because I get the bleach thing, but it's kind of being overdone these days. But what they were doing with that leopard zebra colorful print on the sleeves, that's something that was ahead of its time, and they're not doing it much now. They weren't doing it much then, and that was cool to me. Yeah, it was interesting. I I had to research everything about the shirt as far as I thought it was just a Santana shirt. I thought Heaven Smiles was uh, – Heaven's Gate was the was the, the shirt I found, so I thought it was just like the same thing. Really, I didn't realize it was uh, an independent company that or, or a conglomerate that was putting that together. But it was very interesting. Now I don't know much about mosquito heads, but I've done a little research into them, and I've seen a lot of people that have gone crazy over uh, like the James. I think the James Dean James one. James Dean's a big one. Um, Sex Pistols. <clears throat> yep. Um, <clears throat> Trying to think of some other one. I know the JFK one. I've seen people go crazy about that. Uh, are they still in business? Have they made anything past it? Are they, uh, is there a resurgence? Okay, this is where I'm going to segue into the second part of this topic. <clears throat> and this is where it kind of gets a little depressing. And I'm sorry about my voice fighting some. Uh, I think it's a little smaller case of laryngitis. <laughs> but uh, I'm getting. I'm going to tell end of it. I'm fighting it. I'm about to be a survivor here in a couple days. But uh, here's the second half of the story. And this is where, I, like I said, it, this is a little bit upsetting to me. And I'm sorry to say that to you. I know you probably weren't wanting to hear that. But this is kind of turning me off to mosquito heads in general. Because of this, it's not the actual mosquito heads, but you're going to hear about why. And it's these, they're getting heavily bootlegged. And they're getting bootlegged in a way that's so good. It's being done by artists, like these people in Asia, like Malaysia or something. These kids are getting shirts. And they're doing the exact same screen print, the exact same thing. They make it look right. And they're now selling those. So those are now trickling on eBay. And people are still paying a lot for those. But they're going to start getting burned on those. 
realizing their reprints and getting ticked off, and then they're going to kind of just be out on them in general, and it's going to really hurt the name of Mosquito Heads. It has for me, and here's what's even scarier. These were printed on some, like, Gildans, right? So it's like, oh, psh, you see Gildan, you run. Everybody knows that. Well, they gotten smart, but it's only been in the last couple of weeks. They're using now vintage single-stitch blanks. So now you can't tell the difference, which now some people are like, well, who cares, man, if you can't tell? Well, it's because now that limited, that super limited, like, you know, access we had on these shirts that were, I mean, it was only a few out, I mean, what, hundreds, thousands maybe of these shirts out there. It's like, now that's going to be, you know, multiplied who knows how many times, and it's just going to get watered down cheap, and you won't know that real from the fake necessarily because they're going to have the old shirts. They're going to do it in such a way where you can't tell it's getting done. And that's happening. They're on. I've seen these Instagrams, these guys, and they're doing it right now. They were selling them for nothing. <clears throat> what, like 30 US or something? 40 US dollars for a shirt? And you can get them to put pretty much whatever you want on there. Like, But that was when they were printing them on new shirts. They didn't know really what they were doing. And uh, now they're asking pretty much mosquito head prices on these reprints. So, so it's like, why are yours that price? Yours aren't original. Yours weren't from the artists in, you know, in California. Why are you asking the same price as those? I get the qualities there. I get the looks there, but it's not the same thing. Gotcha. So that's where I'm at now. That's where, that's why I wanted well, to do this podcast because I was kind of broken hearted. How much do, how much are there? Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and just assume that there are going to be mosquito head prints that are worth more than others for popularity or just what it may be colors or aesthetic. Yeah. But what would be an average mosquito head price for someone that doesn't know anything about them? Well, you're definitely getting in the hundreds for sure. If you're even wanting to we're get talking about, we're talking about, we're talking around three low end three, something high end, you know, pushing a daggum thousand dollars sometimes on certain okay. ones. I mean, that's, yeah, that's around that range, but average probably five hundred, six hundred dollars. Okay, for a t-shirt. For a t-shirt that was that's really going to be one of a kind if you wear it. Yeah, it's, people it's are going to know what's up when you're wearing it. Yeah, people who are in the now are going to. And oh, whoa. what you're saying is that these people that are reproducing them, which I want to talk about in a moment, are just charging. They're trying to take advantage of uh, someone who doesn't understand. That it's vintage, but is looking for the for the look of the well, item, and they're just charging. Now that they're printing on vintage tees, they're trying to take advantage of those kind of collectors too, the vintage true okay. collectors. Yeah, see, I've seen some of this, which I call it. I, I don't like it. I've seen some people doing things like this, where they're they have the capabilities of maybe screen print or uh, embroidery, and they're taking vintage tees, and they are. Uh, they're reprinting things on them and selling them for for profit. But are they putting it in the title and specifying? So yeah, if it, I don't, I mean, because if, if you're specifying, it's like yeah, it's kind of whatever. Like I'm okay, with <clears> but it. at least you're letting it known. Yeah. You're not trying to tell people it's something when it's not. No, I'm with that. But I'm just saying in general, I'm not going to do it unless maybe it's an original creation. Like I'm not going to. I don't. I don't like it. I've seen some people that have been uh, taking like a well-known maybe. Print, like a very famous yeah print, very famous print everywhere. and i've seen a lot of these reproductions on on ebay from several not just mosquito heads it could be anything and sometimes they'll put on there this is a reprint you can tell it is but i just i'm not into that you know unless it's an artist driven thing like if i wanted to be an artist currently today that bought single stitch t-shirts and came up with my own idea and put it on there 
that's okay. But I don't want to be someone who kind of is in a way. Yeah, who's like, oh, I bought some blank single stitches. I took a print that was period a period print and just re redid that on a period piece shirt. To me, that is just a forgery. It's a fake. It's it's not real. And then and then the person tries to sell them at a discounted price. I think that they're taking advantage of people that um, that don't need to be taken advantage of. Yeah, so it's burning people and it's getting them turned off by some of these. Well, markers. what you're saying is it dilutes the authenticity right, yeah. of the actual item. It takes it, away from the value of it. And it by, takes away from the street presence that it had. Like now it's like, oh yeah, my buddy's got that shirt. Oh, he's got the reprint though that he paid X yeah. dollar for. But it's like this one I found in a thrift store and I couldn't even believe it happened. Have you ever heard of um, Urban Outfitters? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I've seen them do this a lot with with their brand of products. They'll they'll have a re. I know with the wrap tee, the bootleg wrap tee, when that became popular a couple years ago, uh, people started seeing bootleg wrap tees pop up in uh, Urban Outfitters, even to the point of Gucci reprinting the bootleg Gucci print on an actual Gucci shirt. Um, I think that's just a funny a funny thing that happens. I don't understand it, but when the market changes and people want an exclusive item, these brands see it and they take advantage of it. I think that's just always going to be a vicious cycle in the vintage community, but I think it's also good. It perpetuates um, items that maybe weren't popular, makes them popular again. Artist collaborations, ASAP Rocky Guess is an example. Guess was nothing, now it is. Supreme and Champion was nothing, now it is. Supreme and Akira, no one cared about Akira, now they do. I know that some people are going to probably say, oh, I've always loved Akira. Yeah, but you weren't spending $300, $200, whatever for a shirt. This wasn't going on. you know. So I'm, I'm down with it, but I also understand your side of it. If you have a mosquito head that's rare, that's authentic, that's one of a kind, somebody's going to be a cancerous person and come in and reprint it and try to sell it for the price to some who just doesn't care about the vintage community. For people like you and I who enjoy finding something rare, like, oh my God, I found a Heaven Smile shirt. I'm just a dumb kid. I don't know anything about it. I try to do my research. There's nothing out there on it. If you don't know, then you don't know. And honestly, I sold mine, and now looking back, I'm like, gosh, if I have just kept it a little longer and held on to it and done some more research and understood what it was. Yeah, I was a dumb kid, you know? I didn't really do my research. I was more worried about the the money side of it and just kind of getting some. But now as you start to be like you who values a shirt for the artwork or, or whatever it is, then that shirt becomes more to you. It becomes something that you want to wear and something you're never going to find again. What are your thoughts, man? Um, yeah, I guess it's just, <clears throat> that's, I guess, fair market. And it's just that in effect is, Hey, somebody's taking advantage of this product. That's becoming a huge sensation. So they're going to print them out for cheaper, and they're going to look the same. And for all those people who just want to get on that bus, they're going to buy them and they're going to make their money off of them. And it's going to fizzle out and it's going to die. So, I mean, yeah, that's fair market. That's happening. I guess i got to respect that. But it's like the same time, like you said, as a collector, it just kind of gets under your skin a little bit. It kind of, uh, I don't know, takes a lot. of It waters down just something that was really cool and special, makes it kind of just cheapens it a little bit. And I know the original is still the original and it's different, but. Like I said, the street presence is taken big time away, and <clears throat> just kind of it, it sucks a little bit. I will say this: I'm, this is a thought that kind of runs through your mind as you're talking about this. 
do you, with the mindset that we have about we don't like people making bootlegs of mosquito heads, how do you feel about people that made bootleg rap tees in the beginning? Now those are considered artworks, one of the cons. See, see, it's kind of like a weird, vicious cycle. It's like, oh, they were doing it to make a buck. They weren't doing an aspect of ripping off artists' license. They weren't trying to do – they weren't making those in in the aspect of I'm going – they were just trying to make a cool shirt that they were going to sell in front of the concert for really – or whatever for a cheap price. And now those have become sought after because of this or that. But in my opinion, the the bootleg, uh, maybe mosquito heads, they're not being made for the purpose of – they're being made as replicas. They're not being made as yeah. alternatives. So there comes a point where you're looking at something and you're like, well, it's a bootleg item, but it's not a replica. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of crazy. I, you know, yeah, no, but what you're saying is not really going with making me feel better about the Mosquito Head. When it, I mean, like you said completely different because the wrapped the ones are cool bootlegs because they are original prints that you couldn't get in the concert mm-hmm. so you're getting something that's unique and it looks bad and it's got these big pictures on the front and back so no matter whether you're coming or going you're showing and uh it's a you're a yeah. kind of hard hey. house down the street but these new ones are just a complete 100 percent rip off so it's like i respect that bootleg that they were doing under the overpasses in atlanta and detroit and wherever i respect that hustle and i don't respect somebody completely ripping it off Using on even a vintage tea to kind of just trick somebody into thinking it's even more authentic and uh, trying to sell top dollar like they were the original artist. No, I'm with you, man. I watch this. I like documentaries. I watched this amazing documentary one time on Netflix about this guy who hustled wine. He uh, he had this ability to to taste really well or whatever, and he would mix up these concoctions and put them in bottles that looked like it and put labels on them. That, That to me is just fraudulent. You know, he was. He so you're was, saying he made wine? He he would make the wine in the vintage that it was supposed to taste and look like, and bottles that were period and labels that looked period, and he would sell those for millions of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars, whatever wine was going for. And he was doing it under the ruse of you're buying that actual product <clears throat> from and, like nineteen twenty. Yeah, and what I want to, what I was trying to get up that last kind of pr- <clears throat> proposition was people that made bootlegs in the nineties of rap tees, you could not go to a store and buy that bootleg print. I've seen bootlegs that, that you've had that other people have it online and the front's different than the back. Like, you know, different people are making this shirt. They may have had some type of maybe generic print they got, but not every bootleg's the same. They're not, you know, whatever, whatever. Okay. But people that are actually making a fraudulent item as a ruse to just take your money yeah, I'm against that too. Yeah, but, so that's got me turned off on mosquito heads in general because it is complete. You oh, know, man, I would be turned uh, off. Uh, I can't. You can't be turned well, off. It just from takes it. away from a lot of that specialness about. Yeah. It. Well, see, don't focus on the negativity of it. Focus on the fact that you enjoy the print, and then educate yourself as you've done on which one is the one you'd buy if you see somebody. But it, like you're saying, it becomes difficult. If someone's printing on a period T-shirt that looks exactly like it, how do you, how do you know? How do you tell it apart? And that's what you're coming down to. You're like, gosh, this is tough. Someone actually found, went out and found the shirt that was blank and printed on it. How much to know it's not the real one? And right now they're just now getting to where they're putting it on. 
single stitch made in USA tees. Whereas before, like I said, they were putting it on Gildens or some new generic t-shirt and they were just all about the print. Then they mm -hmm. started thinking, hey, we could get smart with this and put it on old tees and sell it as an authentic. And I'm sure right now they're not good enough to the point where they, like the artists would say, oh, we mostly only print it on these. We never print on that tag, so I know that's a false. So you can maybe know that and know, oh, if it's on that tag, it's one of those reprints. But eventually they're going to learn that too and they're going to print it on even those. So yeah. that's only going to get harder. The worst thing that I could say of this is somebody, the average, probably the average person that's going to be able to pay for that shirt is some dumb kid whose dad's like a doctor who lives out in California who has an unlimited amount of money to spend on whatever they want to do. And what it does is it takes it away from the actual collector. And, you know, we, we got this rap tease book that's been published that is a good encyclopedia of, of rap tees that you can look through to help you identify and authenticate actual rap tees. Well, is there a mosquito head one out there? You know, we got to get, we got to get one of those going on with a gallery of, of mosquito heads and what they look like and detailed pictures because of bootleggers that are out there. I wouldn't even call them bootleggers. I just call them fraudulent um, manufacturers or something like that. A bootlegger is not going to get it an exact look. I mean, I've seen bootleg Tommy pieces that look, they have the crest on them, they have, but they're not, you're never going to find that print ever in a Tommy piece or a polo piece. Bootleggers intentionally just make their kind of own little thing. But a fraudulent manufacturer is trying to make a replica, an example, those Toon Squad jerseys, those people that make those fraudulent champion Toon Squad jerseys. They stick, they stick out like a sore thumb. You can find them all the time. Yeah, I got one. Yeah, that Lola Bunny one. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I you mean, can easily tell. Yeah, you can easily tell, but there's people out there who aren't like you and I and maybe the audience that's listening, and they look at those and they're thinking, oh, yeah, I'll get me a Toon Squad jersey for me and my girlfriend for Halloween. We'll wear it out. Well, they're going to pay maybe what they think a Toon Squad jersey should go for, and then guess what that does? it screws up the pricing at the thrift stores or the estate sales or wherever you go where people look up online like, oh, yeah, these Toon Squad jerseys, they're all going for $100 a piece because that's what they're asking for or whatever price is, is listed. Now, you've just gotten a problem with real versus fake. What's the actual price of this jersey? Fake's worth more. Worth more. Fake is worth the same price? No, fake's, fake is worth more or What's going on? Your market is now becoming skewed because you got different items under the same idea of this is what it is. Which is what I was saying about the mosquito heads. <clears throat> anyway, it just comes down to it kind of pisses me off and it kind of turns me off a little bit. Just, I don't know. I guess it doesn't turn me off, but. Just kind of irritates me. It's a sour taste. <clears throat> yeah, it leaves a sour taste. And uh, I feel like it's... I guess I can't knock another man's hustle. <clears throat> oh, you I can mean, knock another man's hustle, dude. God, I mean, if he's selling them for that Look, price, dude. why would he not do it? Well, okay, so you're okay with drug dealers, like selling crack cocaine? Heroin? I mean... That's a hustle. Can't knock it, right? It's only taking advantage of people and keeping a perpetual downward spiral of never getting out of the system. That's why they call it a trap house because you get trapped you get going trapped. back. Look, man, there's a reason why you're, one of your uncles you don't talk to at a certain time of year because he just wants money from you to buy crack cocaine. Yeah, but here's something. the deal. Here's the deal. Unlike what you're saying is 
one, that's a legal activity. So yeah, you can't, you can't, you can knock an illegal activity. But what this guy's doing is zero. There's no. It's not illegal. So you say like the copyrights and all that is it don't copyright? exist? Because I feel like the original yeah, I get what you're saying. are almost a little bit of a bootleg. They were just local artists putting them on yeah, there. Like they never so went what, do they these... have a copyright on it? I doubt it. No, they, they probably didn't go through the right trademarking, they, copywriting yeah. procedures. No, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. I'm so with he's 100%. not doing anything illegal, and he's just – how can I – like, It's taking advantage of a loophole. Hustle. He's yeah. like loophole taking But I mean if, if, it's, if it's making smart money, it's making smart money. I can't knock it. I, I, I don't respect it that much. Yeah. But hey, he's making money, so I got to respect that. I mean, there's one thing you can do, and that's not buy their product. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's no, def- I you know, buy, and you try to educate buy, people on the fact that, hey, don't buy this guy's product because it's fraudulent. Yeah, so I guess uh, if you – a lot of you probably already know about that. If you don't know about it, look out. <laughs> now you know. Look at these guys on Instagram. Check them out. They're usually from somewhere in Asia, Southeast Asia. Well, that's and, a good red flag there. Yeah, and they're they're good at what they do. Not to say that all the stuff that I've seen some these Malaysian sellers that have some amazing heat, man. I don't know. Actually, I watched a documentary on Anthony Bourdain, No Reservations or something like that. And he actually went to uh, South Africa to an area where it's like a peddler's market. And they get all these uh, pallets of clothing from America. They clean them up. It's just – it's amazing. If I could just take a trip to South Africa to this one place. I can't remember the name of it. I can't remember the name of the Anthony Bourdain show, but dude, it's just open markets of stacks of clothing, vintage clothing, all kinds of stuff. So for the the heavy hitters out there listening, and I'm sure they've already been there, but if not, they're going to be taking a trip there soon or looking into. Yeah, it. and that's what that's the same thing. I think these Malaysian timbers are going to still hit the racks. And look, you buy you buy a, you buy a pallet of clothing, maybe a dollar a pound. It's a hundred pounds. You spend a hundred dollars on it. You pop it open. You start sifting through it. I've seen people, um, one account that I follow online, Vintage Rag House on Instagram. He goes and uh, he looks through these big, I don't know what you call them, but like these big big bins of clothing and he sifts through them. You know, he's, he's getting the pre-shipment. He gets to go through and find them. He finds amazing vintage items. The Goodwill bins are an example of that, going and getting it before it's shipped out. But the thing is, not everybody can get that. It's a very interesting trade market, how it works. We've all heard of the uh, the printed maybe NFL Super Bowl shirt where it has – they already got printed up maybe this team versus that team. And the one that doesn't go, it goes to some overseas. Third world country. Yeah. yeah. Well, imagine that but with vintage. That's why you're seeing these Malaysian guys maybe with all these mosquito heads or whatever it is because they're getting all these old T-shirts that nobody, literally nobody cared about 10 years ago. No one cared about a giant tag T-shirt ten years ago. You can find a two thousand era giant tag T-shirt to this day, and no one cared about them two thousand. But now everybody wants these nine inch nail shirts. Tell me, when would you have paid up for a nine inch nail shirt? Unless it was maybe a year or two ago. Uh, I never would have, and I still never. I can't pay up for stuff now. I've like, seen people paying, going going nuts, losing their crap over. The downward spiral nine inch nails shirt on a giant tag. What? That was nothing back in 2010. But here's the thing. You know how I got started in this thing? I got started in kind of shoes. And I've been seeing a resurgence of this. The Nike SBs. Once the most popular shoes. Then it went to Jordans. Now it's going, I've seen people really kind of going crazy over SBs again. Because no one's rocking them. 
Mosquito heads. I'll be honest with you, did not know anything about them until about a year or two ago when you told me about them. Did not even know what it was. Just didn't. There's kids out there the same way. So. Anyway, I guess we can end the podcast there. Uh, like I said. Well, here, let's get some closing remarks from you, man, before we end off. Okay. Uh, just tell us what you know. Well, I've already said what I know, but I guess I'll give you final thoughts on it. My final thoughts are, can't knock the man's hustle. He's good at what he does. He's getting smarter about, you know, getting the vintage tees. Uh, but I think it's a little bit crappy, and it gives, you know, like you said, a bad taste in my mouth. Still like what the original artist did. Still would love to, you know, get my hands on, you know, some of what they had going on. But, uh you know, like I said, bad taste in my mouth kind of turns me off to it. And I hope to see less of it. But sadly, I think we're just going to see a whole lot more of that. It's going to ruin a whole lot more stuff. And uh, it's just the free market. So like I said, can't knock it. But sucks. That's my final thoughts. Tune in for another episode of Vintage Talk Show. If you have anything you'd like us to hear about, talk about, let us know.